did you have answers? Good morning, good morning, Renew. Good morning, grab a drink, come on in, grab a seat. Hello to everyone joining us online today. It's uh, nice to be able to worship with you, um, those of you in person and also those of you virtually. And my name is Allison and I'm one of the worship leaders here at Renew. And uh, it is Advent season, of course, Christmas is coming fast, fast, fast. So we're going to start this morning with a traditional Christmas carol. And I know people have some different preferences with music, but you can't let the Advent season go by without doing a few of the classics and traditionals. So we're going to start this morning with O Little Town of Bethlehem. And those of you that know me know that I love to remind you that even when some of these songs might seem like they might feel a little stale, I encourage you to pay attention to the words that you're singing because there are really some great reminders still in some of these songs that, that feel a little like um, we go through the motions. Try to take the time to listen and feel some of those words, and we'll prepare our hearts this morning. We'll take a deep breath, <sighs> and we'll say, Lord, we are here. Lord, we are here in your presence this morning, God. We have come here in community with one another, Lord. Lord, we are so thankful for the opportunity to be together here this morning, Lord, and to sing your praises, Lord, to reflect on your love and your goodness and the precious gift of our Lord and Savior that you, that you bring, Lord. We're so very thankful for you, and we are thankful for this time together. Amen. If you'll rise, if you're able, we'll go ahead and join in this first song together this morning as we prepare our hearts for the rest of the morning.
the blessings of his hand. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Father, we want to be the meek souls ready for you to enter in, Lord. We are here before you this morning asking you to fill us, fill this space with your joy, with your goodness, with your power, with your might. God, we know you are an amazing and wonderful God, and we stand before you humble and thankful. Lord, we praise your name. We praise your name in this moment, throughout this whole service this morning, throughout the rest of the day, God, and the rest of this week, Lord. We love you and we praise you. Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. And at this time, uh, I believe it's Advent candle lighting time, right, Pastor Dave? It doesn't matter who you are, where you live, or how much you make. Christ is coming. God is coming. The holy baby will be born even from the line of David with all of its troubled families and imperfect characters. God will, God will draw us together into one family and bring peace. In a day and age where you can barely guess at what true peace would be, a world without war, where resources were plentiful, where neighbors allowed each other grace, and where families would be safe. Come, God, and be our shepherd. Bring peace to our lives and our lands. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. 
Let us pray together. Help us, God, to be a peace-loving people. Give us the patience to deal with ones we disagree with and ones we do not understand. Help us stay focused on the lives you would have us live instead of lives of self-interest. Prepare us to welcome the Prince of Peace as a fresh start. Transform us into the peaceful and loving people you created us to be. Amen. We light these four candles as a prayer for peace. May peace that passes all understanding come into our lives and into our world. Amen. Thank you, Sim family. Real quick, before we go into greeting time, I have to tell you that when our family first joined this church and Cammie was really little, she did a reading at Christmas time and she was really little. Cammie, I don't know if you remember this, but you did such an excellent job and you were just this tiny little peanut. I just remember looking at her and being like, blink, blink, how did that, how did that little one do such a wonderful job? It was a couple years ago, but... I always love hearing Cammie read. <laughs> she does a lovely job. We're going to go into our time of greeting now this morning, so a time of connection for us as a body of believers. Feel free to chat with your neighbors, grab something to drink from the back, and for those of you who are online, if you'd like to go ahead and chat with one another also, you can also connect virtually in that way. There is usually an icebreaker question, and I always cheat for it. Oh, and also middlers and kids, both dismissed at this time, yes. So the middle schoolers can go with Miss Marion, Teacher Marion, and Marguerite, are you taking the kids now? Okay. So Teacher Marion's gonna take, or Marguerite's gonna take the kids. <laughs> another practice for the nativity play on christmas eve with teacher margarita this morning and miss naomi wonderful okay and our icebreaker question this morning is what are your plans for christmas that's a pretty straightforward one what are your plans for christmas and then we'll gather together in a few minutes for some more time of worship
gather back, re hyphen gather. We're going to gather back together like the geese are gathering back together. Are those geese? Uh, ducks. <laughs> good morning. Welcome to Renew. It's so glad, so good when people can greet one another and talk to each other. We, we like to a lot. A lot of time for that, uh, not only because it's a chance to get for people to get coffee and treats, but uh, instead of us facing forward all the time, we can face uh, side to side, um, look at one another and talk with one another and connect. So forming community. Um, so thanks for that. Um, a couple of announcements. Here it is. Uh, Gingerbread House decorating party is still on downstairs after service, uh, but actually Denise and Lisa are, uh, Lee are out because of sick children, so our prayers to them. But we're going to be down there, uh, Margarita will be down there, lots of people will be down there, and if you feel like joining in, doesn't matter how old you are, and, built, and making a gingerbread house, come on down, there'll be lunch provided. And then uh, just a reminder also that next week uh, we have a Christmas Eve service Saturday beginning at 4 p.m. Uh, Christmas Eve candlelight service. There won't be a Christmas uh, service uh, on Sunday because we figured people would be doing their own thing. Um, so don't show up Sunday because I won't be here and no one else will be. Uh, but Saturday at 4 p.m. And what's next? It is communion. <laughs> so I'm going to come here. The mobile communion table. I'm going to put on my gloves too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So every third Sunday, uh, we, it is our tradition to have Communion Sunday, um, but usually we also have an open table third Sunday potluck uh, meal, and that's not happening today, but um, we are con doing Communion. Um, and Communion um, is the table which the Lord invited his people to, and Christians since Jesus' time have been doing this tradition of sitting at the table together. Maybe it doesn't look like sitting, it's uh, figuratively, um, but God's presence and Jesus' body and presence is here with us as we partake of his body and his blood. And on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus, who loved hanging out with people, who loved fellowshipping with his disciples, who loved eating um, at the table, as many of us will over the holidays eat with family and friends around a table and feast, or maybe a few weeks ago during Thanksgiving, you experienced that. Um, he sat with his disciples right before he was going to die and gave some of his last words, his last message, his last kind of desires and, and vision for 
why he was doing this and what he wanted his disciples to be about. And on the, while they were at the table, he took some bread and broke it. I have a jammed finger, so it hurts. Saying, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And taking a cup of wine, he lifted it and blessed it, saying, this is my blood poured out for you and for the sake of the world. Drink in remembrance of me. And every time that you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you remember our family ties. You remember our covenant my covenant with you, um, that your sins in me are forgiven and you'll have eternal life through me. And our table is open. Continue to invite people into this life, into these family ties. And so as we come to the table, remember this and remember God's promises in your life. Amen. And we... uh, are doing this by intention with gluten-free uh, rice crackers and juice. So come and I'll serve you a piece I'll serve and dip it in and I'll serve it to you. So as you uh, are willing, please come forward.
Bring it all to the table. God, we thank you so much for your great banquet table, um, for the feast you've set out and prepared for us, um, the feast of abundance, the feast of grace and mercy, a feast of salvation. And we come as we are, um, limited, hungry, broken, tired, um, sinful, and you welcome us in as you welcome um, all of your children and many who are seeking and still looking. And so we come to your table and eat and remember with one another. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to continue to worship the Lord in song. If you would rise, if you're able, we'll do a couple more songs together this morning. into gardens first. to this one, it seems. So we're going to go ahead and sing it anyway. And if you happen to know the words, then please join us. Also, if you're tech savvy and want to pull it up on your phone, you could do that too. Things like this happen sometimes, right?
that again. You turn mourning to dancing. You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. is better than you, God, Lord, and we are here to sing your praises, whether we have the words on the screen or not, Lord, we want to just sing out, Lord, in celebration of you, God. And we just thank you for giving us these voices, Lord, that we are able to sing to you. Whatever words come to our heart, God, may they glorify you. Now we'll do what a, what a beautiful name. Perfect. <laughs> You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in Christ. 
What a powerful name, God. What a wonderful name, God. What a beautiful name, Lord. We are so thankful, God. We are so thankful for you, Lord, and we are so thankful to be in your presence this morning. In your name we pray, amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. And I will be doing our scripture reading this morning. So if you would like to pull that up and read along with me, it's Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, I will be reading out of the NIV translation. Heavenly Father, please prepare our hearts and minds for what it is that you have to say to us this morning, God. We know that you have a holy word for us. We know that you have a holy word for each person in this room, God. Lord, I pray right now that you would open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts, Lord, that as we read your word, God, we would be able to receive, receive all that it is that you have for us this morning. Amen. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. this. God is good all the time. time. I'll make sure I get this in order. God is good all the time. Amen. Amen. So we are in the fourth Sunday of Advent. We are a week away from uh, Christmas, the day uh, that Jesus came to earth and was born, and we celebrate that uh, both as a church in the church calendar, but also as a society, uh, a culture, not limited to uh, Christians, and um, but also consumerism and <laughs> other things like that, Christmas trees and whatnot and, and sales. But uh, we focus today on the, the Holy Family, the first family, and in particular, Joseph, the father. And we know the faithfulness of Mary and, you know, the disruption that um, 
kind of becoming pregnant and uh, by Jesus through the Holy Spirit and um, a child kind of taking over your physical body and the faith that it took uh, for Mary to believe and have faith and to travel and to live under, you know, difficult situations and circumstances and climates and to then be, you know, as we see in the next chapter, Matthew 2, to have to journey to Egypt as uh, refugees into a, a strange land because Herod was chasing them and was seeking out Jesus. Um, we know the faith of Mary and the, the song of Mary, the Magnificat, and all of that. Today, uh, we focus in on Joseph, um, the father, and his response to these events, his response to the movement of the Holy Spirit, his response to God's plan of salvation for the world. And, you know, um, as progressive as I like to say I am as a male and a father, um, there are still a lot of um, traditional roles or traditional kind of you know, responsibilities that uh, are in me from the way I was raised or, you know, the way I view fatherhood, uh, the way I view being a man that still trigger me, trigger me in a positive way. Uh, for instance, uh, my daughter, Cammie, you know, as I look in the sanctuary and I see toddlers, you know, running around and dancing to the music and pitter-pattering, you know, and... Uh, young parents have going, you know, I think he had an accident. You need to, you change him. No, you change him. It's your turn. It brings back such fond memories, right? Great memories. I'd never want to go back to that. But I do, you know, I was telling Leo or um, Tito, Tito and watching his kid Leo, Tito and Ariana, so cute, right? And it brought up like, oh, I remember when my kids were that young and they were just starting to walk and say cute things and every time they smiled, it just melt your face. And I miss that. And sometimes I'll joke with Janice, I want another kid. And she's like, oh, heck no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but so I, am, I go to Tito, can I just borrow Leo for a week, right? Get all the cuteness for a week, and then, like, when the responsibility comes, just like, okay, take them back. Um, that, that cuteness, and, you know, my daughter Cammie, she's eight, and she's getting to that place where she says mature things. Like, the other day, she was putting on makeup, and I was like, uh, something in me was like, no, no, no. Um, but... Uh, you know, she's growing up and she's maturing and being, her emotional intelligence is expanding and she's so very precocious even at her age. Um, but I miss, you know, I miss cuddling with her and holding her and like her coming to me when I walk into the door, daddy, appa, 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 appa. Now my kids, both of my kids don't do that anymore when I come home. It's just like silence, you know. 
you know, the cats come and greet me, so that's why we have pets, right? Uh, <laughs> but they just want food, so okay. Um, but my kids are in their room on their devices, and I'm like, hi, guys. And Isaiah, like I said a couple weeks ago, just closes his door. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Cammy, I'm like, Cammy. And, you know, sometimes she'll say, go away, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, God, like, I just walked in. What am I? Um, and so I miss those days. But sometimes, every so often, even now, when Cammy gets hurt physically or she's scared of something or Isaiah, you know, harasses her and she cries or um, she watches something scary um, on a TV show or something like that, uh, she'll run to me and jump in my arms and her, her head will just melt into my chest and her body is just all leaning into me and that something inside me just... Bob probably knows what I'm talking about. Something inside me just, oh, oh, like it triggers that, oh, and I'll say, Cammy, I'll protect you. I'll keep you safe. I'll always protect you. And, she, and then she'll hold me tighter, and I'll be like, can this just go on forever, just forever, you know? And, and it, it kind of triggers that desire in me and that need in me to Protect. As a father, I want to protect my children. I even want to protect Janice, even though she can take care of herself, right? I want to provide for my family. I want to provide for Janice, uh, even though she makes more money than I do. <laughs> um, and so in many ways, you know, you know, I want to say, oh, I have these progressive kind of ideas of roles, but there's still things in me um, where I'm like, this is what it means to be, uh, this like feeds my masculinity, this feeds my need to protect and to provide, and Cammy, I'll protect you forever. But the reality is, as I'm promising her, I'll always protect her, I can't really promise that I'll always keep her safe, right? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. There's times I send her off to school and she's not in my purview. She's not under my care. She's in the care of other people, under the watchful eye of teachers, caretakers. Anything can happen. Sickness can happen. Illness can happen. We've all been in those places. You know, and we've, God forbid, you know, the stories of things happening to children or children dying before their parents. So in another way, we can't really always protect our children or our loved ones. I can't promise I'll always take care of you. I'll always protect you. And also, as a sinful person, right, sometimes I'll hurt my children. I'll hurt my daughter, whether it be a word or in anger, whatever it is. I can't always guarantee that I will be a safe person for those, you know, that I live with. And um, family, family. And I imagine Joseph that even more so probably in 
this context, in his context, in the, in the place in the world that he's living, in the time that he's living, where, you know, it's a much more patriarchal, even more so patriarchal society, um, where he's, you know, engaged to be married to Mary, and he's disrupted, right? All of his plans, all of his dreams, or kind of that his, his kind of right or his kind of privilege to uh, take on a wife, have a family, protect his family, provide for his family, all of that in one fell swoop from one visit from God's messenger collapses. And I think, um, I think I want us to take a look at his response and kind of really think about it because we kind of gloss over these Christmas stories and the, you know, the infancy narratives, the birth of Jesus. We've heard it every year, right? Even if we aren't regular churchgoers, maybe we go to church, you know, during Christmas or we watch TV shows and hear the passages in Luke and Matthew being read and that story, that old, old story um, of Jesus's birth and the the first, the holy family. Um, but when you think about it, this family that's being shaped by God and being kind of moved by God and the Holy Spirit is a very non-traditional, scandalous family, right? There's nothing traditional about this family. There's nothing cozy about this family. And a lot of times when we think about Christmas, what do you think about? I think about peppermint mochas and the red Starbucks cups, right? Like cozy, cozy. Maybe you don't like Starbucks. Forgive me. Um, but if you can hit the next line. Disruption. You know, I just thought about, like, what does it do for Joseph to find out that Mary is pregnant? And he's like, I didn't take part in that. Right? What does this mean? I can imagine, you know, like, oh, I feel, I feel cheated on. I feel like, you know, Someone, Mary has gone behind my back. And even if it is ultimately this angel and this messenger coming and saying, oh man, don't worry, God is in charge. This is of God. This is why God is making this happen. Even so, what does that look, how do we tell, what does this look like to the public, to our friends and family around us? What do we tell people? You know, and so we learn from the scripture that Joseph had the idea um, to divorce or to separate divorce with Mary quietly. He had a mind to divorce her quietly in order not to expose her to public disgrace. I imagine in a culture where women caught in adultery are often stoned, um, and the punishment is much more severe for the women than the men. 
that even Joseph's kind of gentleness and compassion and thoughtfulness to say, I'll divorce her quietly in the midst of maybe feeling hurt and betrayed, right? Severely hurt and betrayed where many of us would experience anger and rage, a desire to separate, a desire for revenge, a desire to like destroy the other person. Joseph is unconventional in the way that he responds by saying, okay, even though I've been embarrassed, even though I've lost face, even though uh, I feel hurt, I'm not going to expose Mary to public disgrace, and I'll, you know, I'll divorce, divorce her quietly. But after he considers this, an angel of the Lord appears in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are going to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from the sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. And uh, just thinking about Joseph's process here, trying to step into his shoes, um, I think about other times in my life, right? And my journey and my walk. Um, the times that I haven't felt safe. The times that um, I've experienced disruption in my life. And maybe you can remember times when you've experienced disruption or when you haven't felt safe. There are times that I reflect on in preparing this sermon um, where I was without a job or I had just tra was transitioning from one city to another without a job <laughs> and without kind of a plan for that. Like Many, many of you may have experienced being laid off, being losing a job, or being between jobs, and have experienced that free-falling feeling of, oh my gosh, what's next? Are you going to take care of me? Right? We may have experienced sickness, right? Or disability, un unforeseen, unexpected sickness or illness for ourselves, for our partners, or for you know, family members, having to take care of family members, our parents, earlier than we expected, or even experiencing a sudden loss of family members or parents or children, that we find ourselves in that, the desert, right? In the dark night of the soul, in the place where once we felt secure on solid ground, but now we don't quite feel secure anymore. Maybe the last few years has felt like that for you, right? For many people I know. Like, what is happening? What I know is not what I know anymore. 
and the world is turning upside down and relationships are turning upside down and the church is turning upside down and my workplace is turning upside down and how do you like turn on this Zoom thing, right? I can't figure it out and I don't even want to go and sit at Thanksgiving with my family members because we're going to argue about politics and it's like, ah, just avoid that. Disruption. We, we know we've experienced disruption. And when you experience disruption, what do you turn to or what do you feel? What are, what, what are the ways that you cope? You know? Whether it's through addiction or habit, bad habits or, you know, kind of finding control in your life. You know, reaching out to the things in order to stop that free fall, in order to stop that kind of I don't know what's happening feeling, right? Disruption, it messes with us because I don't know about you, but I like it when I have a plan and a structure, you know, at least for the foreseeable future where I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to be able to pay my bills every month. I know where I'm going to eat. I know uh, where you know, what my job is, I know my marriage is stable, I know my kids, you know, are doing well and learning and growing and maturing. It feels good. It feels nice, right? But we know there's no guarantees for anything. So when there's disruption, you know, where the things that we rely on maybe are kind of broken or we're not sure, they fall away, like, ah, ah. And I think it's into this that God says, right? And the prophet says, and Jesus embodies. Emmanuel, amen? God with us. God is with us. God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the disruption, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of fear, anxiety, stress, God is with you. Amen? God is with you. Trust. Trust. And take a step of faith. Trust, right? Faith is trusting in God and moving in that trust, right? That's the action. That's our small piece. Moving in the trust of God. And what does Joseph do? When Joseph woke up, verse 24, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Right? I know when I'm feeling irrational, when I'm feeling a lot of emotions, when I'm feeling hurt, I want to go away from that, right? I want to run away. I don't want to be present, right? If I were Joseph, I'd rather do, you know, light out of town and avoid all of that, you know, the chaos in the, of the emotion, the hurt, the pain, the feelings of betrayal, the feelings like, oh, I just got usurped by the God of the universe, right? Like, my life as I knew it 
is turned upside down, and now I'm going to be the adoptive father of, you know, the Messiah. I, I have a very small, small, small piece in the creation of this family and where this family is going to go. Right? I am out of, I do not control the situation. I am not in the driver's seat in this situation. The Holy Spirit just put a baby in my wife. And he will save the people from their sins. What? The other thing that I see is Joseph listens to the voice of God and has, you know, a connection with God. He, is it a dream? Does he dream this? Or has an angel appeared? Oh, angel, the Lord appeared in a dream, right? So he dreams and hears from the Lord and then wakes up and acts and does it and obeys. A chapter later, it, once again, he has a dream he dreams, and God tells him, get up and take your family to Egypt because you're not safe here. And stay there until I tell you again to come back. What? So we see that, I don't know if Joseph already has this kind of deep connection and relationship with God where he's listening to God, but we, we kind of miss that, like, Here's this dream, and God is talking to him through this dream, and J Joseph is faithful and acts, right? Remember other times when God calls his person, um, and Samuel, right, when he's young. Samuel, Samuel, or is it, yeah, Samuel, Samuel, until Eli tells him, it's not me calling you, it's God calling you, right? Say, here I am, Lord. Joseph, what Samuel didn't get intuitively, Joseph, for some reason or another, right, already intuitively has this, oh, this is God speaking to me. I'm going to hear the voice of God, and I'm going to be faithful and obey. Amen? What does it mean to trust and take action when we're not quite sure of our footing? We're not quite sure where we're standing or where we're going, but to just hear the voice of God, the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and move. And when we do it, when we move out of faith and trust, right, we have new possibilities in God. There's new possibilities, and in new possibilities, there's new relationships. I like this picture, this painting of Joseph holding, holding the baby Jesus, right? You know, he can respond another way, right? Right? The Maury Povich show. The, <laughs> the test says, this is not your child. Right? He could be like, like this. What do I, this, I don't feel any connection to this child. 
this is not my child. I'm not the father. Right? Instead, there's this non, there's this family shaping. And it's so interesting that the family, the holy family, is not this perfect nuclear family of, you know, mother and father married, right? And it's this perfect home, you know, leave it to beaver safety. Like everything about the family of Jesus is, dis- is messed up, unconventional, right? Not the best situation to have a child in, right? Traveling on a census, and because of the census, the census is required by occupying, colonizing empire, right? And you have to go to your home birthplace and register. The city is full. Hotels are all booked, right? Rental, there's no rental cars. You're homeless, shelterless, and you, I don't know, I've never actually had a baby, but like, I imagine that your nesting (laughs) urges are just haywire, right? Like, where am I going to lay this child? Is there a clean spot, right? Where's the crib and the baby room, right? And the the pretty lamps and the pictures and the stack of diapers and the diaper genie and the baby boppy and the, what is the giraffe thing called? Sophie. Sophie or the Sophie. Maybe people don't use Sophies anymore because, oh, okay. <laughs> when I cut open our old Sophie that Isaiah had, uh, it, there was like all this black like mold and stuff in it. <laughs> um, not safe, not a safe space, unconventional, not ideal. And this is Emmanuel. This is the God of the universe coming to be with people, but it's not, you know, in a palace. It's interesting the juxtaposition, right? The juxtaposition in the story. Jesus is both worshipped and adored as king, right? The shepherds, the magi come. There's a star. They come bringing gifts and presents, and they're like, bow before Jesus as the king, and yet he lays among the animals, right? In another sense, before society and culture, it's like the poorest of the poor, the most rejected of the rejected, without a home, and later on, refugee in a strange place, in a strange country, on the run from political violence. That's the family of Jesus. And this tells you God, what God with us means. God with us means that when God shows up among us, God doesn't, isn't connecting with the perfect, our perfection, how well I'm dressed, how well I speak, whether I'm educated, whether I have financial security and drive a nice car and, or whatnot. God isn't with us in me in that moment, with us in that moment. God is with us when we're at our worst. 
God understands, Jesus understands, Jesus has been in those places. When we're fearful, when we're anxious, when we're desperate, when we're jealous, envious, insecure, ashamed, embarrassed, at the bottom of our barrel, when we're greedy and selfish and vindictive and vengeful, God is with us, wanting to be with us, wanting you to come into his arms, to hold you, for you to lean into his chest and say, protect me, save me, be with me. Amen? Verse 25, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. It's interesting that sex, sexual intercourse, has nothing to do with the holy family. Right? Jesus, right? Sex didn't bring Jesus about and then you know, until he's born, Joseph is absent. Right? It has nothing to do with it. It's the movement of the Holy Spirit. Right? The un- non-traditional family. Right? The non-traditional family. And I can imagine the different families in our society, in our church even, in our world, right? You know, families that have adopted children, right? Family. Right? Families where the parents have passed and the children have been rescued. Families. Blended families, you know, as a result of divorce or, or death and coming together, right? Siblings coming together, you know, two people coming together, and it's a new family, right? Jesus understands. God says, you are family. Families without homes, without nations, I was speaking to a Slavic prayer group that has met in our church previously for like 18 years on Monday nights. It's not connected to one church, but many churches come and pray here, about 80 people before the pandemic, uh, and prayed, and you can hear them from like outside. And they want to come back because they're ready to come back. And he was saying, you know, He's Ukrainian from Ukraine, and he's saying there are so many Ukrainians that have been coming, you know, since the war uh, recently into Washington, and it's mostly women with their children, and they have lots of children, but the men are, you know, back home because they have to fight or stay there, and we're just, we're just helping them, and we're praying together. Right? Jesus understands those families too. 
families that are separated, families that without homes. And Jesus understands where you are on your journey, where you have been. And Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. God loves you just the way you are. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are Emmanuel. Thank you for your table, um, for your body broken for us, for your blood shed for us, but also for your incarnation, your willingness, the miracle of you coming to touch humanity as we are. And you uh, didn't come in glory or immense fanfare, but you came humbly. Even your genealogy, your ancestry, <laughs> ancestry.com is full of scandalous, non-traditional relationships and people. And your family itself was um, not normal but you invite us to be your sons and daughters, your children, um, for kingdom family ties. We lift these things up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, indeed. Uh, hi, my name is Polly. I uh, am also a worship leader here. Um, I usually stand and hang out with Allison and Bob up there, but... Uh, I've been nursing an injury, so I'm going to sit down. Um, I'm also the long-winded worship leader because... <laughs> praise the Lord, my voice is back. For those of you who have not uh, joined us the last two weeks, I actually lost my voice. Um, and so um, Bob and Allison and Mark have been so good and loving to carry the worship team the last few weeks. Um, we're going to sing uh, perhaps uh, this congregation's most favorite Advent song. I know it's mine. It's mine. It is? Oh, cool. Um, and uh, if, you're, if you're listening, Brother uh, John uh, Crozier, who's out there in Canada, uh, who was also a worship leader here, he brought this to us and uh, blessed this church uh, so much through this. But um, well, I would say if we could rise together, but if you could rise <laughs> as we sing, that'd be great. Say that again, Mark. Sadness flies away 
Dear Savior, come to tired earth and bring the grace of dawn. Dispel the night with thy face. Come, Messiah, come, oh, come. Divine Messiah, come. Oh, come, divine Messiah, come. Prophet long foretold does break the captive fetter and bring the wayward home, dear Savior. Savior, come to tired earth and bring the grace of dawn. Dispel the night with thy face. Come, Messiah.
If you uh, have been on the web and have came, Googled Renew and come visit Renew, you might have seen, oh, we are a multicultural, multi-ethnic church, intergenerational church, and what a grace and a beauty it is that we can all call one another family um, because God says so, because God wants it so, because we're all the Imago Dei, amen? Go out from this place and be God's family out there. No matter how awkward we look, no matter what weirdness our family ties are, we know that the Holy Spirit moves with us and calls us his family. Go in peace. Amen. Oh, come divine Thank you.